0: Hello and welcome to Wellbeing Gets Real Conversations. I'm your host, Charlotte Jamison. Here I talk with busy working parents about how they fit wellbeing into their day. What are the key wellbeing habits they do to keep them afloat and how do they fit them in? Yep, I'm talking to the everyday parent, a parent just like you. These conversations will uncover the tips and tricks for you to steal with pride. And remember, if we are functioning well as parents, it's our kids who benefit too. So thanks for joining me. It's great to have you here. Hello and welcome. I am here today with Aline McCarthy. Aline, hello
1: and welcome. Hi, so nice to see you again and I'm happy to connect.
0: Oh, it's such a, thank you for taking the time. It's really great. I can't wait for this conversation. Aline is, uh, you have your own um, business the the wellness witches uh, which you founded do lots of exciting things so I might get you to introduce the type of things that you do give your business a little bit of plug I'm all for that Um, and also just your family stats your family situation how old your little kitties are now and that sort of thing
1: okay sure yeah I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner which is a bit of a mouthful But basically I help uh, women in midlife to have better gut health and better hormones, so all the things with IBS, bloating, constipation, acid reflux, all of those frustrating digestive issues that can really impact our energy and our well being. And then obviously those perimenopausal hormones that really throw us a curveball just when the kids are a little bit older and we finally think we can have (laughs) our career back again and you know have our life back again and then we feel a little bit crappy uh get the mood swings and we're like we're kind of too young to be in menopause yet what's going on you know why do i have such low energy Um, So I'm here to help with those sort of things. And I really work closely together on, yeah, implementing simple daily habits so that um, people can start feeling better through nutrition and lifestyle. Supplements are also going to be playing a role, but it's mostly actually 90% of the work is done by having good daily habits with your nutrition and your sleep and all of those sort of things. I can't wait to hear what you have to say I can wait for all the <laughs> all the
0: stuff that that comes after you know having babies and as you say you kind of get into this space of like
1: oh excellent and then bam <laughs> oh yeah and I've got a situation oh, yeah. so I've got a husband and I've got two kids my oldest one just turned 13 so I finally have a teenager in the house and I can't believe uh, that oh that's i know it's crazy isn't it and and my daughter is 10 so they're just uh, still in that beautiful phase where they're not tiny toddlers anymore you can actually have good chats with them but you know who knows what the next couple of years will bring (laughs) with the teen hormones and then yeah that crazy um thing that We as women often go through our second puberty while our kids go through puberty as well, and that craziness of the hormones in the uh, house—what chaos can that provide? You know, (laughs) Mm, yeah.
0: Plus, you both own your own businesses, so you know that's that's a pretty full-on plate in terms of both of your careers. So I'm very excited to hear what you've got up your sleeve and in store for us, Elaine. Take it away. What are your habits, your go-to habits?
1: Um, So habit number one, I reckon that we all need to, like I see people's health change so quickly within a matter of two weeks is by actually focusing on eating enough protein each meal. that is sometimes well met with the guys but the ladies usually you know like to be thin and they like to eat more plants and they don't feel so great eating lots of animal protein but actually we really feel a lot better once our blood sugar levels are stable and that's mostly achieved by having adequate protein each meal but also considering that um you know, we start losing muscle after the age of 35 40 each year and uh, if we want to still be able to uh, go traveling and be an active grandmother when we're 60 70 and 80 and still be able to live independently we need to prevent that muscle loss um, and have strong bones strong muscles and the best way to do it is by eating adequate amounts of protein so about 30 grams each meal at minimum so if you're having a more active lifestyle then you know i would say maybe twice your body weight in kilograms which for, for a lot of people is like oh that's a lot and a lot of people have also never actually tracked it or entered it into some, some form of a fitness app or something like that so they actually have no clue and they mm. think they're eating a lot of protein but they're actually not Um, And so their blood sugar levels and energy levels are all over the place. They often get like an afternoon crash and need another coffee or they go for a muffin because they want more energy. But actually, if they ate more protein, particularly for breakfast and for lunch, they probably would have more sustained energy through the afternoon as well. Also, it really fixes a lot of insomnia and sleep issues for people because mostly when women or guys wake up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m. and they can't go back to sleep, it's very commonly that your blood sugar levels are starting to be too low um, throughout the night, which kind of rings an alarm bell and you wake up. So again, by working on eating adequate protein throughout the day, together with your veggies and your fiber, which is really great for that as well you're going to have better sleep too so what's not to love right Um, well
0: I what's not to love and what's uh, I guess I'm sort of looking at this going you know I eat healthy I'm sure that I have adequate protein but I don't track it as you say I kind of just you know and then some days are busier than others and you know um, I can certainly feel towards the end of the day if I've had enough to eat or you know in terms of um the the balanced diet but I guess what does it look like in the morning um, that kind of healthy protein breakfast
1: yeah breakfast is usually the hardest one because we are used to quick convenient breakfasts, like mm-hmm. a slice of sourdough with some Vegemite or something like that particularly during the week, right? When you're Mm -hmm. on the go, you have to get the kids out the door, you have to get yourself to work and stuff like that. So then we don't make ourselves eggs or anything more time consuming. But you know, even with one egg, like a medium sized egg has seven grams of protein. So you would actually have to eat four eggs to meet your protein requirements for that morning breakfast, which not many people actually do particularly not women right so I always say why don't you have the same food for breakfast and you actually have for dinner it's only in our western society that we somehow think that breakfast is this strange meal made out of cereals and breads and Toasts and a cup of coffee, which is completely, you know, very, not very nutrient dense, not a lot of macro and not a lot of micronutrients. So it's heavy carb based, but not a lot of protein in there, not a lot of beneficial fiber and phytonutrients in there and not a lot of, you know, multivitamins minerals in there either so um why don't you just eat your chicken and your veg for breakfast and for most people it's like oh i don't want it to do <laughs> that it's definitely something you need to ease yourself into but once it becomes normal you're going to realize you feel so much better actually having a proper meal for breakfast and not skipping breakfast all the time yes there's good benefits to fasting but um, again if we're already running on a low fuel tank we're rushing around with the kids our stress levels are high we're just sculling down a coffee as we run out of the door and we barely eat that's a recipe for blood sugar roller coaster ride and you know more stress hormones throughout the day so sometimes it's really more about nourishing yourselves for that first meal set yourself up for success mm,
0: yeah I certainly uh you know my the difference in my anxiety levels of or, or just like my it's anxiety but it's just like a, a frazzledness and if, if I've just done the coffee and out the door, which was never what who I am, it's not who I am, <laughs> it's just it happened uh, somewhere along the lines of having kids and trying to do everything. And, yeah, I definitely notice the the frazzle um, meter goes up very, very high if I haven't given myself that nutrients in the morning. Um, so, yeah, that's a really that's a great thing for
1: people to start to consider and think about what it looks like for them. So excellent. So excellent. Um, yeah. For some people, it'll be easier to just have a protein shake or, you know, make a smoothie with some extra protein added to it as well for a quick breakfast on the go. And if you don't feel like I, I want to eat steak for breakfast, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's quite a mind flip, isn't it? <laughs> yes.
0: Just putting the Barbie on, huh? Just putting the Barbie on at 6am. I yeah. love it. I love it. Okay. Well, what would be your second one then? Thanks, Celine.
1: The uh, second one is definitely focusing on sleep and resetting your circadian clock. So again, we are very far removed to the way that our ancestors lived. We spent our times indoors and we spent our times on screens which emit blue light. And um, you know, then we get sleep trouble because we're still on our TV or computer or phone screens late at night. Um, that's not conductive to sleep. And again, your hormones the next day from just one night of disrupted sleep are gonna be all over the place. And then people wonder, why am I gaining weight in midlife? What's going on? Why can't I lose the weight? Why do I feel so crappy? Why do I have this anxiety? Um, Your circadian clock is ruling every single cell in your body. And if there's a dysregulation there, Um, then you're going to have health problems can be anywhere in your body, right? So it literally affects every cell and organ in your body. So it's been linked to autoimmune disease, cancers, um, you know, and everything else far in between. So um, it's such an easy thing to do. But it's because it's easy that most people aren't really paying attention to it. We are so busy. We always wanna get more stuff done. The kids are finally in bed. you know. We catch up on our fun Netflix and our workload or whatever we do. And we don't prioritize that dark light cycle that actually regulates our hormones and our circadian clock. So simply by switching those screens off minimum an hour before you go to bed and just sitting in a more dark environment, having your lights turned down, preparing your body for sleep just like we did it with our toddlers right we have this bedtime routine for our toddlers and for some reason we don't do it for ourselves we are still our body is still like a toddler's body we do actually need to have a bed time routine prepare ourselves for a good quality sleep that's when our body repairs and restores um, and get us ready for another successful day so why not make that a priority Um, and then the next morning you want to get up and not check your phone the first thing you want to actually spend the first 20 minutes looking at the sunlight looking at the horizon preferably going outside now that we're going into spring it's a lot easier than when it's dark when we wake up and that's the perfect time to start reminding your body oh it's the sun's up I can get more energy I'm waking up I'm setting myself up for that hormonal cascade that's meant to be happening by looking at the sun and and exposing our skin to the sun as well and that's also the safest time to be out in the sun in Australia as well so Mm. um, simple habits but honestly it changes um, literally every single one of my clients life when they actually start consistently doing it for like two weeks every single morning they just step outside first 10 15 minutes uh, looking at the sky without sunnies on maybe doing some breathing some movement having your morning water having your kids run around with you whatever you need to do to Mm -hmm. integrate that into your morning um it's you know everyone will actually enjoy it if we do it together so
0: well it resets your melatonin right so it actually helps it really helps you with your slow down for sleep that night. So, you know, what you're doing in the morning affects what you do at night and what you do at night affects what you do in the morning and it's this visual cycle. But I don't know if you've heard of revenge, was it revenge procrastination at night or something where parents specifically have this, like, I'm staying up for myself because this is the only time I have for myself. And so it's like this revenge, once the kids are in bed, they're like, I'm going to take this time and... Yeah, it just it does more harm than good.
1: <laughs> In yes, the end. Um, you really need to repair your sleep. is really super important. So not to yeah. be not to be messed with. Can't okay. be can't be your bank account that you withdraw from all the time. Unfortunately, I know, I know.
0: Well, thank you. That's really important. And um, what would be your final wellbeing habit? <laughs>
1: another easy one to implement is just to have more vegetables so again the nutritional science into eating more vegetables is huge sounds so boring not everybody (laughs) wants to do it because it is so basic and so boring but are you actually doing it you know are you having the rainbow every single day do you have a big variety of vegetables or do you get stuck with your family meals eating the same sort of vegetables which is certainly what happens in our house my kids like carrots and cucumber and broccoli and that kind of goes on rotation right? Yeah, yeah so, so if i bring the brussels sprouts or like you know, things that are not uh, usually uh, what they like, then there's gonna be more trouble. But that's also how we end up not eating the variety that we usually want. So yeah. again, going um, to the markets and looking at, oh, I, have, I don't even know what that vegetable is. I haven't seen that before. Maybe I can eat it. It's got huge information for your microbiome and your gut. If you eat um, vegetables that you very rarely eat, Um, you're going to get new microbial strains from that vegetable straight away and all that fiber and the you know polyphenols and nutrients that are in there are going to be so good for your overall health so um, I also recommend doing like a veggie mash so just going to the markets again getting organic veggies obviously better and taking 30 different veggies, because that's how many we're meant to be eating, 30 different veggies. If you're not eating that, then you have a diversity problem Uh, and just mashing them up in a food blender raw and taking a spoonful of that every single day. You can have it in water, you can mix it into a meal. So it's kind of hidden because it's not going to taste great. It's just a, a bunch of veggies mashed together. But it's going to provide you the the phytonutrients and the fiber and the microbiome information from thirty different vegetables in a very doable way. Wow! So wow! So one tablespoon or
0: one teaspoon?
1: Start with <laughs> a teaspoon first, yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, <laughs> first And then build up, build up. Yeah.
0: Okay, thirty different vegetables. Mash it up. Take a teaspoon. And see if you can do that every day and that's going yeah. to be not obviously that's not like right that's my veggies done tick but that's just no. your enhancer
1: yeah that's, that's your just an extra extra yeah. information for your microbiome and an easy oh, way okay. to get more diversity in rather than every day going oh my god which veggies am i gonna eat yeah. today right so you're still gonna try and fill your plate with good protein and, and lots of lots of veggies rather than all of the starchy empty carbs that we're filling it up with Mm. but adding that veggie mash can be a really great way so rather than taking a probiotic or a prebiotic supplement that's basically your prebiotic supplement but in a food form right you're getting all of those different veggies and it's really convenient because once you've done it you usually get a big jar that you can store in the fridge because that big bag of veggies is going to mash down to a jar a glass jar and you can store that in the fridge and then every day you just add a little bit to your cooked food so you don't have to taste it you can put it into your smoothie if you're having one in the morning you can just drink it down and be done with it you know don't have to think about it too much um, or you can also freeze it, obviously, because eventually that big jar will go bad in the fridge. Yeah. So I often freeze it in little little um, ice cube. Portion. We are going back to toddlerhood, aren't we? <laughs> yes. yes. That's a very convenient. Yeah, exactly. We're doing the little veggie Ooh. mesh thing. Well, this uh, is
0: it, Aline. We go to so much effort for our little ones. You know, it's 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 all of this. And, um, you know, we'll freeze food for them. The Only the best. We'll spend money on their clothes. We'll even go to the doctors, you know. I just, it's all about them. Um, and so we kind of need to i guess show the mirror on ourselves and say well that amount of
1: effort needs to go into you as well so yeah um into our nutrition into our sleep routines mm-hmm. into yeah and we i i also get very upset if my kids go to school without breakfast you know i'm always like yeah. well, you, gotta, you gotta eat before you go to school yeah. but we often yeah. don't do it ourselves because we're the one fussing about them yeah. and Getting their lunches and their breakfasts ready, and then oh, it's time to go to work. All I can do now is grab my coffee and 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 you know go to work. And it's weird, right? Why don't we do mm. the same for us for ourselves? We have to put that oxygen mask ourselves first. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's not until sometimes the wheels fall off where we where we do take stock and do that. So if we can prevent that, and also it's an amazing it's a it's a, it's an amazing way of preventing um, perimort perimenopause symptoms as I understand if you can you know if you can get your nutrition and your sleep then that's really going to set you up for a perimenopause stage that doesn't necessarily come with all the symptoms
1: exactly yeah yeah Mm. yeah it's if you have symptoms then it's usually a sign that you have some inflammation and dysregulation already Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to come with symptoms right so there's Mm. so many things you can do for that and yeah the more these simple daily action steps you implement the better you're going to feel oh well
0: I am inspired to try I tell you what I might I might try with 10 vegetables to start with <laughs> 30 is a lot to get my head around um but yeah I might I might um I might give that a little
1: so raw blended okay okay cool that's something new exciting <laughs> just if it needs to be a small action set just add one extra vegetable to each meal that you use this is it this added, is added right? yeah just
0: add yeah. one just yeah add one just be t- just do these small little tiny tweaks and um you you'll probably start to I always find that when I do a tiny little shift I start to kind of get on this roll and get excited about it and it's easier to kind of continue and you see the benefits so it's it becomes that well why would you not prioritize your sleep why would you not you know have your steak for breakfast <laughs>
1: exactly
0: (laughs) oh thank you there's some fantastic well-being habits and something really to it's food for thought literally so thank you very much Um, what would you be able to share a little ritual or a tradition that your family do to create a nice sense of belonging
1: um so we have a funny thing that we do at night time which is where we all sit on the couch and naturally because i've always been doing that with my kids they want a foot massage or they want me to you know tickle their backs a bit we also i bought my son one of those weird um claw metal things that are head massages yeah 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 Uh, like five dollars but they go over your head and they And it feels so good, so we do this little touch massage Mm. routine of just tickling each other's legs up and down or you know tickling the arms up and down. And that's where we really connect and also um, that's where often stories are being told that I didn't hear during the day. Mm they kind of relax and we uh, you know it's kind of grounding to our bodies and our nervous system you're getting ready for sleep again it's getting ready for sleep yeah. and yeah. then yeah they start sharing things and talking about stuff that they you know in the busyness of the afternoon we and hobbies we didn't have time to talk about and it's really beautiful how um, yeah we all still come and do that on the couch every single night
0: do you know um, I mentioned this pretty much every podcast I think that my husband and I do foot, foot massages as well at the end of the night yeah. it just it's a way of just it's connecting it's closing our stress cycle it's um, feels really nice <laughs> yeah and I really it makes- miss it if I don't get it I really miss it, it I can't yeah. sleep as well I'm sort of like still wound up so I can see how that would really help your children. And I think we might do that with my kids as well because, um, yeah, they love a good massage, good pampering.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's a good way. I mean, with my teenage son, you know, he doesn't want to hug so much anymore. Lose mm. that touch connection with your older kids. And it's really sad, but they obviously get embarrassed and uncomfortable by it. So you don't want to push it onto them. But that's one of the moments where he comes and asks for it. He mm. wants to be touched and he wants to have that connection. So I reckon it's a really good way to keep that physical connection and nurturing going with your older kids as well, which is really beautiful. Oh, that's good because yeah, I've noticed that with my nine-year-old, she just is like,
0: "Oh, stop cuddling me." <laughs> Whereas my five-year-old boy still loves, still loves a snuggle. But yeah, I'm. Yeah, that's good. Okay, that's interesting because it's so important but also, for those teenagers yeah. to have that. Yeah. yeah
1: just have that openness and then you know be comfortable otherwise you get that distance and how do you ever cross that gap again yeah uh, but also between the siblings you know if you have a boy and a girl then it's nice for them to also you know massage each other and tickle each other's feet and stay comfortable yeah while they are be going through puberty and stuff so we'll see how that develops when my daughter obviously becomes a teen as well if mm. that maybe things but i reckon mm. if we keep that level of relaxation and comfort um at night time it might just become a natural thing that that's mm. what we can do mm. in a safe way to soothe, soothe each other's bodies and it doesn't have to be you know, anything sexual or it doesn't no. you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're teaching them because I guess in this highly sexualized world, you're just teaching them that that intimacy and um you know can be about just comforting each other and showing because I I you know, like European cultures, they're they're all about the the kisses and the hugs, you know, man to man or whatever. And it's it's not a thing. It's just a it's a communion. it's a it's a way of connection, it's a human thing that we need. But yeah, we've sort of we steer away from that because you know it's too sexual or it's too i don't know it's just not right but
1: yeah it's interesting yeah. It's I, i'm yeah. interested yeah just opens up that connection <laughs> and those chats that then come with that level of comfort that comes from that physical touch yeah
0: well thank you so much elaine for sharing all that there's some great uh, well-being habits eating your protein every meal making sure you prioritize your sleep getting those veggies, eating the colour of the rainbow and, yeah, having that nice shut down at night time with everyone connecting through through touch and talk. Thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you've found a little tweak that you can add to your day to increase your level of wellbeing. Opinions and information shared on this podcast are for general purposes and should not be considered as specific advice or services.